Hello and welcome to this week's Macro Sutra. I'm Yathaka Bhargav and today we will talk about some big themes that can impact economy in 2024. One big theme is that of global uncertainty with all the wars continuing and another big theme is that of resilient Indian economy. To discuss this with us and some more themes, we have with us Radhika Pandey, Associate Professor at National Institute of Public Finance and Policy. Hi Radhika. Hi. Before we delve into what 2024 holds for us, can you give us a bit uh, of a recap, a quick recap of how 2023 was for Indian economy? What were the hits and misses? So if you look at 2023, one of the biggest hit was the resilience of the Indian economy. So if we see the GDP growth, GDP for the first quarter came in at 7.8%, then GDP for the second quarter came in at 7.6%. So the first half of the year, we got a GDP growth of 7.7%. Uh, and even now, if we look at the uh, some of the key uh, high frequency indicators, yeah. we see that the growth momentum is continuing amidst the global uncertainty, the geopolitical headwinds that we are seeing. So definitely one of the major highlight of this year has been the resilience of the economy. The other is also that uh, inflation has been very high. So in terms of misses, if we say or if uh, we talk about one of the key challenges, yeah. uh, this year uh, we saw inflation elevated and uh, in July particularly inflation surged to 7.4% and since then it came down and in number of months we saw inflation was even above the upper threshold of 6%. So the on the one side we had a resilient economy, on the other side we had uh, uh, high inflation uh, so that was another uh, point but uh, on the external front what we see is that you know our current account deficit has been quite moderate so even though our um, you know oil imports in uh, volume terms surged but yeah. if we talk in terms of the impact of oil imports on our balance of payment it did not have a very material uh, uh, impact so our balance of payment in terms of our current account deficit was quite uh, contained in this year uh, if we say that you know for this year uh, we are likely to have a current account deficit of 1.6 to 1.7 percent of GDP which is uh, quite encouraging anything which is less than 2 percent of GDP is encouraging amidst this global uh, uh, challenging environment uh, and uh, another key highlight is about the uh, financial markets we saw huge swings in financial markets in uh, India's uh, financial markets mainly because of whatever we saw in other countries, you know, in the early part of the year, we saw uh, banking crisis brewing in the US, uh, the slowdown in China, that impacting the uh, India's uh, financial markets. Mm. Uh, and then uh, yields, the US dollar index coming down, that having a positive impact on the markets. Uh, foreign portfolio investors have been uh, uh, net buyers. Mm. And, but the main uh, positive point has been that, you know, the, the domestic investors have provided cushion to the financial market. So volatility has not been that much as would have been if the uh, cushion would not have been provided by domestic market. So I would say on the one side, we had a resilient domestic uh, economy supported by urban consumption, supported by high government capex because uh, uh, the, the emphasis on capital investment continued in this year as well what we have seen since post-COVID and that is not only by the central government but also by the state. So mm. that has given some resilience 
construction sector has done very well in this year but on the other side challenges have been in terms of uh, high inflation the geopolitical conflicts that had an impact on our uh, you know goods exports the goods exports suffered due to that but overall our balance of payments have been quite comfortable this year uh, coming to 2024 we enter 2024 amid this geopolitical uncertainty it is also an election year and right. not just in india but many major economies yes. of the world yes. uh, what impact do you think uh, this will have on indian economy will we continue the momentum that we have and also on the world economy so if we first talk about the world economy uh, the major benchmark or you know the indication that we can get is through the projections that are released by the standard setting mm -hmm. organization the international monetary fund uh, came up with global growth projection so what we have uh, uh, seen is that global growth is likely to slow down further in 2024 uh, in 2023, global growth is expected to be 3% uh, uh, GDP growth, whereas next year it's expected to even be uh, lower at 2.9%. Uh, and that is uh, understandable given the sustained rate hikes that we've yeah. seen by global central bank. Across economies, we have seen central banks have been aggressively increasing interest rates uh, after COVID uh, to curtail inflation, to uh, you know uh, control inflation. And that will now showing that will start showing its impact now because yeah. now we've seen that inflation is coming down but at the same time uh, the demand is also slowing down so mm -hmm. we will see the impact of the, the sustained interest rate hikes on global economic growth and that explains the uh, lower growth projection for the global economy as a whole in 2024 of course the slowdown is uh, will be uh, led by advanced economies because yeah. we have seen more aggressive rate hikes by uh, advanced economies because they started with a very huge fiscal expansion. So that will now uh, feel the pinch when interest rates have been uh, continued uh, increasing. So global, uh, uh, we are already seeing in uh, European Union there, uh, it's already on the brink of recession. So EU uh, GDP for two consecutive quarters, we have seen that the uh, European Union GDP has contracted. Yeah. Even in the US, we are seeing some mixed signals of slowdown, though they are not consistent. It may have a soft landing, but at least in some economies, we are seeing that uh, there are indications of growth slowing down. So that is for the uh, global economy. For uh, India, I think the, the growth momentum will continue if it is powered by uh, urban consumption. That is what we are seeing. And also if there are certain uh, more factors, for example, you know, government capex continues, but at the same time, if private investment picks up, yeah. that will have a major impact on, uh, you know, continuation of the growth momentum. But as oh. of now, if we see, yes, growth will see its momentum, though not at the same rate because for this financial year, uh, India's economic growth is now projected at 7% because yeah. we had such healthy growth in the first two quarters. For now, the full financial year, uh, we expect India's economic growth at 7%. But for the next financial year, even India's economic growth is expected to slow down to somewhere between 63 to 6.5%. Okay. And uh, another big theme uh, has been high inflation and high right. interest rates. Yes. That too in India as well as globally. In 2024, do you see this trend continuing? 
what we see now you know so if we look at uh, the inflation trajectories of uh, these uh, economies we look mm. at the inflation trajectories of us european union uk what we've seen is that there is, has been a sustained easing of inflation mm. there the inflation uh, was as high as 10% in uh, eu in uh, november 2022 and now in november 2023 we have seen uh, inflation is 2.4%. Hmm. Similarly for uh, US inflation has been consistently falling and the latest number is 3.1%. So hmm. it's inflation is slowly inching towards the target though it's still above their inflation target which is 2%, hmm. but there is a sustained deceleration in inflation in all these uh, advanced economies which has uh, led the central banks to become more uh, dovish in their stance. Uh, so much so that for example the us federal reserve has now indicated in its latest uh, policy that they will start cutting rates next year and there uh, if we look at their you know summary of economic mm. projection uh, what they like they have indicated is that next year they are going to cut rates by 75 basis points so there could be like 325 basis points reduction in interest rates in hmm. the coming year so definitely for advanced economies we can expect a more uh, faster move towards uh, interest rate cutting also because the growth is slowing down so hmm. now they will have to provide that uh, support in the form of interest rate cuts hmm. and maybe in this direction the eu central bank will take a lead because they are already on the brink of recession so maybe eu central bank is the first advanced economy central bank to start cutting interest rates followed by us and then followed by uk hmm. India central bank will uh, take the this decision much later hmm. uh, because we are still above the inflation target of 4% and here our inflation is still uh, driven by food inflation so i think RBI will be uh, not be in a hurry to cut the interest rate but we can uh, expect if there are no fresh shocks to inflation if there is no fresh uh, war mm -hmm. which can further uh, likely elevate price pressures mm -hmm. we could see uh, some uh, interest rate cuts in the second half of uh, next year but the interest rate cuts in india will be much shallower mm -hmm. as compared to interest rate cuts in advanced economies Uh, you also talked about uh, the growth of indian uh, economy so which will be the sectors or some industries uh, from where this growth will come from so uh, what we saw in the second quarter we can take some lead from uh, there if we look from covid time what happened that during the covid time the services sector suffered a lot hmm. and then when covid started to recede services sector rebounded so 2021 2022 we saw services sector uh, sh showing a sharper pace of growth hmm. but now what we are seeing is that services sector have started to normalize so we don't see that sharp uh, pace of growth that we saw last year so hmm. now the services sector have started to normalize and therefore we can expect that you know it's the goods and not the services that will uh, propel the economy uh, forward hmm. uh, of course that will require certain reform that will require uh, the private investment to take the lead because as you rightly mentioned this is going to be election year so it may well be that government uh, is not able to have the same kind of capex push that we saw last year or last hmm. to last year so maybe there is some moderation in uh, government capex and then the private capex will have to uh, 
pick up uh, uh, the pace and mm-hmm. then if that happens then uh, manufacturing sector will be the key driver of growth given the other reform that the uh, government has undertaken so we are seeing a, a normalization i would not say slow down in mm-hmm. services growth but now it's kind of normalizing towards pre covid levels after seeing a brisk pace of growth uh, after covid because during covid services sector were impacted then it uh, rebounded with a bang and now services sector are normalizing so we should see again a, a shift in the momentum of growth from services to goods but uh, do we see private investments actually coming back like why have they been slow and this year can we expect them coming yeah, back so strongly. private investment has been slow mainly because of global uncertainty you uh-huh. know uh, we need a stable uh, environment for investments to flourish that is very uh, important uh-huh. uh, that is one reason even though if we look at the balance sheets of private uh, uh, companies if we look at their profitability profitability uh, is uh, high it's uh-huh. it's been in double digits in the uh, uh, first two quarters of this financial year if we look at operating profits because there has been cost reduction commodity prices have come down in this uh, financial year so that has resulted in improved profits so financial health of companies are much better they are also leveraged in mm. in the they also deleverage in the sense that they have already they are not under any uh, debt pressure uh, interest coverage ratio is healthy they are the debt equity ratio is uh, low so it's not that they are under uh, any debt pressure that you know they have to save to repay the debt mm. so they are poised to they are in a good position to kick start the investment cycle mm-hmm. and uh, that will happen only if there is uh, less of global uncertainty and also domestically also if there is political stability that will give a uh, momentum to private investment as of now what we are seeing is mixed signals uh, if we look at capacity utilization in the manufacturing sector it has picked up uh, we have data till april to june of this financial year uh, Uh, but the rbi bulletin of uh, december is talking about uh, the capacity utilization of subsequent quarters also though mm-hmm. they don't give the numbers but they are saying that capacity utilization has further improved so which is a good thing that you know if your capacity is improving then you will do fresh uh, investments yes. if your existing capacity is idle then you will not be able to do fresh investment so conditions are right for uh, uh, kick starting the private investment mm. uh, cycle uh, but at the same time if we look at some of the other data sets we look at the new projects announced they haven't picked up at a very uh, healthy pace so mm. as of now the signals are mixed on the one side we see capacity utilization which is slowly and gradually picking up but on the other side if we see the announcements uh, of uh, new projects being made by the private sector they have not picked up at a very sustained pace so we need to see what happens uh, but definitely we should see some moderation in government capex because mm. that they will have to do if they have to stick to the aggressive fiscal mm. consolidation roadmap you know they have to meet the 4.5% of gdp uh, fiscal deficit target by 2526 mm. that will require some moderation in uh, government capex uh, but then the private sector investment will have to take the uh, forward the investment forward Uh, Ratika, I'll uh, take a audience question at this point. Uh, Sankalp is asking that fifty uh, percent of India's population is still trapped, contributing just twenty percent of our GDP. Despite tall strides, a large part of our population is a laggard. Despite being at only four point two percent of GDP, Europe's villages contribute over 
uh, $2 trillion through agriculture. That's half of India's GDP. The farm laws are dead in water, but in your view, can India's agriculture grow beyond a certain point with the current framework? So, with the agriculture, definitely the uh, the farm laws could have provided an impetus. But hmm. even without the uh, within without the ambit of farm laws, certain reforms can be initiated. We've talked about those uh, earlier also in terms of improving the uh, logistics, improving hmm. the farm infrastructure, uh, improving the storage facilities. All those things are very important to uh, reduce the uh, dependence on adverse uh, weather events and to uh, some how minimize the fluctuation, the violent fluctuations in agri prices that we are uh, seeing. But this time around, as I mentioned earlier, also we have challenges which extend much beyond the uh, ambit of farm laws and which are something which even the farm laws would not have been able to address, which is the, uh, uh, you know, unfavorable weather events that yeah. we are seeing. The El Nino impact that has been playing around not only in India, but globally. Yeah. And that is something that is going to be a challenge for next year as well. Yeah. We saw this year food inflation remained elevated and uh, even next year is likely to be because uh, you know the the, the wheat uh, production firstly the rice production is uh, likely to be lower as compared to last year as per the agricultural estimates uh, even the wheat production could uh, suffer because there is less of soil uh, uh, moisture and uh, the in the first half also el nino impact may play out mm. that could have an impact and this is at a time when we are already seeing you know shortage in our state warehouses they are, we don't have that much of um, stock because mm -hmm. government has been offloading the stock in the open markets to control prices. So mm -hmm. our uh, buffer stocks are also at a seven-year low. And it, uh, we may come to a situation in April that we may have to import uh, wheat. We are the second largest oh. uh, producer mm -hmm. yeah. of uh, wheat globally, but we may come to a situation where we would have to import uh, wheat because our uh, stocks are going down because of offloading in the open market. Mm -hmm. But even now we are doing that to uh, control prices, mm. to uh, augment the domestic supply of uh, wheat. So that is that is one major challenge that will that played out in 2023 and that will play out in 2024 as well. So agriculture is going to face challenges. Uh, even in the second quarter, we saw agricultural growth just as one percent, and that is expected to be the case even at least in the first half of 2024. Mm. Uh, that agricultural growth both could uh, remain under pressure and that will have an impact on uh, rural income, that will have an impact on rural demand in the uh, next year as well. Uh, Ratika, you talked about Indian economy uh, again and how we expect to grow but maybe at a slightly slower pace than this year. So what are these major headwinds that you see for the Indian economy? So, see, one headwind is definitely the global uncertainty, as we pointed out that, you know, the global growth will slow down uh, next year even uh, more and that will uh, impact our goods export. Hmm. Uh, so, the, the transmission of exports and its impact on growth could be challenging. Hmm. But what is crucial to see is the cushion that will be provided by services exports. Because services exports have been resilient this year. And hmm. if they continue to be resilient next year as well, then overall our external balance of payments position will look comfortable. Our trade deficit will look uh, comfortable. It won't be a cause for concern. Hmm. So while goods exports are definitely uh, going to uh, you know, be under pressure, they could remain subdued. But on the other side, 
trade services exports will have to uh, uh, be able to cushion the impact of the decline in uh, goods export mm. and this is because as i said you know US is one of our major trading partners. So if uh, US economy slows down, if uh, EU slows down, that will have an impact on uh, our uh, exports because mm. the, uh, the the share of uh, emerging economies and our exports has been falling. It's the share of the US uh, that has risen. So if uh, global growth slows down, so that will have an impact on goods exports. Mm. Those services have been quite resilient. So that is one challenge, global slowdown. The second challenge is uh, food inflation So uh, and the impact on uh, rural demand because food inflation is likely to remain elevated. We mm. don't see any signs of immediate easing of uh, either cereal prices or pulses prices uh, at least in the initial months of 2024 yeah. and that will have an impact on uh, rural demand. So while urban demand is likely to remain uh, strong, but rural demand uh, is going to uh, suffer. The third point is about the bank credit. So what okay. we have seen is till now and even uh, yesterday, the Reserve Bank of India released a uh, report on trend and progress of yeah. uh, banking in India, where we are seeing that banks, uh, NPAs, are at a 10-year uh, low. So banks' balance sheets are good. But going forward, now challenges will emerge because there is going to be a repricing of loans and deposits because now banks are uh, grappling for funds. You know, if they have mm. to uh, advance credit, they will have to advance higher uh, rates to deposits. Mm. We saw State Bank of India raising its deposit rate. So if they start offering higher rates, the net interest margin is going to come under pressure their profitability mm, is going right. to come under mm. pressure, though it's not going to fall abruptly. But the kind of record profitability that we saw in this financial mm. year, we might not see in the next uh, financial mm. year. So that will have an impact on uh, bank credit because bank credit this year was 16 to 17 percent. Mm. If we exclude the impact of merger and if we include the impact of HDFC merger, bank credit was even higher at 18 to 19 percent. Next year, it may slow down to 12 to 13 percent, mainly because of tight liquidity conditions, mainly because of uh, agriculture not taking mm -hmm. so much of uh, loan. But the, the good part is that, you know, the demand from households will continue. Retail loans will continue to uh, grow at brisk pace because mm. we are seeing uh, a lot of demand for housing, mm. real estate, construction. Mm. So that is something that is uh, likely to play uh, in the coming year as well. So while the overall bank credit growth may uh, moderate a bit, but the real uh, uh, the retail credit growth will uh, hold up and that will provide uh, support to the overall uh, banking credit. Thank you so much, Radhika. Uh, that is all we have for today. Day. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, wish you all a very happy new year.